I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Alienos Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And it's the voice that makes you moist, baby. Marcus. Well, boys. Well, 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 well. Here we are, a week out from... The, uh, the Iowa caucuses and Bernie Sanders is up across the board. Yeah, and real quick, I need to make I need to do an aside about Bernie Sanders and about our friend Marcus here. Um, Marcus has some explaining to do. I do because uh, recently, uh, comedian Rob Delaney uh, endorsed Bernie Sanders, and the pull quote they decided to use for him is. I wear my wife's jeans when she goes on work trips. Then my friend Marcus comes over, and then I make us bait ZD, and we both sleep in the garage. <laughs> Marcus? Listen, the big ZD's pretty good, all right? <laughs> How can I mean, you blame me? The big ZD me? with Rob Delaney. That's got to be fun. Although, I yeah. don't think you would like Rob Delaney, because I'm pretty sure he's taller than you. <gasps> yes. So listen, I'm surprised you are able to put that past it just listen, for bait ZD. If he's sitting down and cooking... You know, ZD for me, I can I can let it slide. Marcus, who sits down to I cook? Really, yes, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's got like the little the little griddle on a table, and he's just like, yeah, explain this. It's ZD time. <laughs> okay, and you make baked ZD in a griddle. I mean, hey, Marcus, crazier things have happened. So. Don't you bake? I do bake. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Marcus's vision in this situation is Rob Delaney and just just his wife's jeans now, no shirt, yeah. sitting at a card table, sit on a, in an empty house with a fucking griddle, on a griddle, a fucking baking ziti, <laughs> a George Foreman fucking grill, <laughs> baking ziti on it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh my. Do you think I that your brain, Marcus? Do you think that Rob Delaney uh, measures out the pieces of chicken before he just cut, shreds them all <laughs> up and puts them in the Z? I mean, I, I'd be more concerned as to whether he seasons them or not. Okay, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. The seasoning is important. And he's from Britain, so they probably don't even season their food there. Oh so. God. Yeah. By the way, apparently Rob Delaney is six three, so we're the, we're the same height. Marcus, you are not six three. Yes, I no. am. Marcus, no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> Okay, I'm pretty sure you're sick. This is terrible no, podcast no, 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 no. because no one knows what the truth is. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bernie Sanders is up, and a, a lot of very important places. He's up by, by pretty substantial numbers over either you know Warren and Biden, and depending on the state. And that's good. That's very good. It's a very good sign. Well, in Iowa for sure, Bernie is up, which is very uh, important. Yes. Um, now, so do y'all know how caucuses work? All I know is that it's a kind of funny word. Yes. 
It does sound like cock. Let's all get it out of our systems. <laughs> Let's all just laugh at the word cock. It's good. It sounds cock is in there. Yeah, it's like, funny. for sure. It's funny. Um, but basically, it's like you go to a gym somewhere, and each candidate has a, a marshal or a chief, something like that, who makes a speech about why you should caucus for their candidate. And caucusing means just literally walking to the area of the gym assigned to that candidate. Okay. And once that happens, they they, they take you know roll essentially. They call out and see who has how many people standing there, and they apportion out basically from there. And it used to be that there were there were multiple rounds of this kind of thing where people could then change their mind. Like you could see, oh well, my candidate's going to lose, so I better go to somebody else. Well, in the new caucus rules, uh, it's only two rounds, right? And after the first round, any candidates who don't have 15% of the vote in terms of people standing, you know, their areas are just eliminated. You can't, they're not going to be able to, to uh, go forward, right? Yes. So those people who have below 15% are then like a choice, either leave or go to a different candidate, essentially. And so the thing about it is, is they changed this rule at Bernie Sanders' request, but I'm starting to think that it could be a problem because the other thing is, <clears throat> after that first round, if your candidate is, as they say, viable, which means they have 15%, they are you are locked in. You cannot leave. So let's say that Warren gets 16% and Bernie gets like 22% and Biden gets 20, right? Yeah. Well, that means the Warren voters at the 16% cannot leave to go join either one of those sides. But if, like, Clob and Buttchug have, like, 10%, they could go to Biden and put him over Bernie. And so mm. that's the real danger of this, of this caucus thing, in my opinion. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that's... Um, I can see how that might work. That could work out very well for somebody like Bernie Sanders, but also could hurt him. But I don't know. I th- I think that the leads might be big enough, and then the the people who are left behind, like Clabuchar voters and stuff, I think they can be swayed. So, um, I don't think this is going to hurt them too much. Yeah. If anything, I think they'll go to Warren's side instead of uh, Joe's side because yeah, God, Joe, Joe's been tripping above, all, not what we want. all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually yeah. heard I heard, heard um, what's his I always forget Butt Chug's first name is it Paul or Pete? Pete it's Pete actually big question is does it matter? no does it honestly <laughs> matter what you say? because you're just going to say his last name which is Butt Chug and I, I recently heard him talk and I mean I just can't imagine I, I've said this on the podcast before I really have several times but I just can't imagine hearing him talk and be like that's my guy. <laughs> That's the guy I want. Like, I mean, uh, earlier, um, uh, yesterday afternoon, it, it came out that tragically, um, Kobe Bryant, um, a very famous NBA player, had died um, along with his daughter and a bunch of other um, parents and young people, which was tragic, uh, um, tragic, obviously. Um, and then Butchug does a statement and says he made a difference on the field and off the field. <laughs> And I'm like, does this man even know what he's talking about? He has no clue. He has no clue. He's just saying what he's heard before. I think he's just like a, a speaking spell. You know, I'm out here playing on the basketball field. Yeah, you know me. I'm loving it. Just, just tearing up and down the basketball field. I'm just lobbing down dunks from the three-point line, you know? 
<laughs> Fuck yeah. Loving, loving that good, good basketball turf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you get in the, the basketball area and you smell the basketball air, you're like, yes, this is basketball. <laughs> this basketball. Yeah. This b-ball zone right here. Yeah. The b-ball pitch. The, I love it the, out the, here. The hoop court? The hoop arena? <laughs> the hoop arena? <laughs> you know my hoop city over here? Yeah, I know all about hoops. Do you do you think that Butch Hug has ever watched a, a, a single basketball game? I doubt he has touched a basketball. Not even in like elementary school when everyone has to. I feel like his yeah, someone threw it at him and he like hit him and he whined. Yeah, I feel like his, and, his parents signed away. a waiver to get him away out of basketball forever. I mean, he's polling at like two percent with black people, so that's that's definitely not a good way to start, anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of the one of the most confounding things about this election is how who his base is to me and how there's like surviving like at all the way he talks like you look at it, it, it's infuriating he's just like we've got to find solutions to our problems and then people are they're, they're people they're like ha ha hopes for a living <laughs> it's just like <laughs> why what is he doing he doesn't even have high hopes he wants to find prop find solutions everyone wants that I, I, if butt chug inspires any sort of like positive emotions in you go get your fucking brain check because you are fucking stupid yeah. like i'm sorry it's, i mean it's just the i mean the blandest candidate like i can honestly understand someone who is behind like joe biden more than somebody like butt chug because he just puts off nothing yeah, because Joe Biden at least is like entertainingly stupid yeah. and insane. I mean, at, like, at least he's like racist, so the racists can get behind him and stuff. I mean, Punch Hug isn't even has, openly racist. He's definitely secretly racist, well, obviously. Um, but he, yeah, it's like it's like what the fuck? Like at least Biden can ramble and say old man shit that's somewhat entertaining. But I mean, Punch Hug, what does he say? What does he have? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just. It, like I said, it can, it's confounding, and I just, I luckily I don't think it's gonna go very far, so we're not gonna talk about it much more. But yeah, I've I've just I don't understand. Every time I see a clip of him on Twitter or something, I'm just like, what is this guy putting out? What are people What are people getting off of this? I, I mean, I think it's maybe just because he's like, I guess maybe he's like the young careerist kind of guy. So pe- that's oh, that's yeah. who his base is. Are these like young people who are like, oh, I can I can make it and fucking uh politics as well or i can make it in whatever field i want because this guy's out here being the chipotle of candidates it's just depressing but yeah i don't know i guess that's his base marcus what are your thoughts on the state of the race um i'm i'm glad that our boy bernie's pulling ahead yes and like honestly like i don't understand how how anyone else is even viable like just just Bernie, man. Bernie wants what's good for you. And he's always wanted what's good for us. All these other folks have just come out of nowhere trying to seize this spot because, you know, it's their opportunity, I guess. But no. No, thank you. Bernie. Bernie, please. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that Bernie, I mean, you said it really well. Bernie's always wanted the best for us. And I mean, yeah, it's like um it's kind of like last week when i told you guys i didn't understand the witcher because everyone just he he is so nice or not nice but he's like does a very useful service to the world and everyone hates him and i feel like that's kind of how some of these some of these more leftist and like social democrat people are it's like they they really do want the best for us and they can really help us out but people just shit on them and because 
they've been told for so long that capitalism is what works and capitalism helps and that one day you'll be a, a millionaire too and mm-hmm. i don't know i just i think that we need something besides that we need some real real support for the people at the bottom so yeah i i believe in him and i just yeah i, I really hope that this turns out better for him than last time Speaking of people at the bottom, by the way, did y'all know that Michael Bennett is still running for president? I <laughs> barely remember who Michael Bennett is. John Delaney, still in the race. Really? Fucking Deval Patrick, still in the race. Are they at the debates? No, they don't make enough uh, like um, votes. They don't get enough uh, polling yeah, to get in there. I mean, They're polling at 0%. Yeah, even Booker <laughs> dropped out. He had like half a percent. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, hey, it's, if you got nothing else to lose, maybe they're just doing it for fun at this point. I don't know. Yeah, you know that experience in, so for the next time. Exactly. Put that on your resume. <laughs> well, that's Butt Jug's entire thing is like, run for president, probably don't get it, and then, hey, in 2024 or 2028, say, hey, I ran. Remember me? I'm Butt Jug. <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy. And What have you been doing since then? Fucking nothing. Yeah, I can see him taking like a like a Paul Ryan route, like kind of be around for a little bit. No one really cares about you. Get a job that you're not qualified for and then retire when you're like 41. Yeah, I can see him taking that route. So, yeah, uh, rip to the people in the bottom who are not going to make any sort of impact at all. I saw today they were like, oh, Michael Bennett had to buy uh, uh, tickets to go back to Washington, D.C. for the impeachment hearings or whatever. But he had no clue they'd actually be happening. How terrible. For- Fuck Michael Bennett. He is nobody. He has nothing to offer. Yeah, he's basically just Why do we give a shit? He's just a regular guy. He can deal anywhere on the street. Fuck this dude. I don't care why. He's fucking struggling. Like, fuck off. Michael, this this motherfucker made his, uh, sorry, I'm thinking of John Lane, never mind. Michael Bennett is the one who looks like a uh, uh, a puppet, like a, uh, a ventriloquist dummy, and his mouth cannot open wider than the circumference of a single peanut. <laughs> and so, you should not trust him. Wow. Every time you say John Delaney, I think John Mulaney, and I'm like, that's a, <laughs> hey, there's an idea. I mean, yeah, running for president. Yeah, that's not for president, who cares? It's obviously something anybody can do. Oh, have y'all seen that shitty-looking John Stewart movie that's coming out? No, John Stewart's John a movie coming out. Yeah. yeah, it's called like Irresistible or something like that, and uh, Steve Carell plays a, a Democratic political strategist who's trying to get some old Marine dude to run for mayor of his town in Wisconsin, and it's like a it's like a oh look how fucking stupid both sides are kind of movie. I mean, that was kind of John Stewart's whole thing. Rose Byrne is like the Republican strategist or whatever who's like opposing. Oh, I'm a big Rose Byrne fan. So and and then I mean it's just it, fucking Chris Cooper's in this movie. Mackenzie Davis, Natasha Leone, Topher Grace, Deborah Messing. Holy crap! Oh, Deborah Messing is an is an insane anti-Bernie person. Really? What? I we talked about before. She lost her fucking. Oh, mind. I do remember that. Yeah, she is. She's very. She's very strange. But yeah, I've. That's a very stacked cast, though. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, he, he gets names, but it's just the premise of it. I'm like, man, I'm so over these kinds of movies, you know? Like, Man of the Year. Remember that shit from back in, like, 2005 yeah. with uh, Robin Williams? Yeah, you know what movie was? One of the most stupid things is What's Swing that? Vote. Oh, my <laughs> God, Seth fucking preach. I literally thought about the movie today at work, and I was like, that is one of those things where I feel like you're talking about it. You're like, there's this movie where there's, like, this 
election that's completely tied up. There's one guy that didn't vote. And then it's like, oh, what happens at the end? And it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of a premise. You write the rest of the script from there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what happens. I don't even remember what happens. I don't even remember what happens at the end of that movie. I've seen that movie. I, I do remember what happens at the end of that movie. You do. He casts his vote, and it doesn't reveal who he who voted for. It just ends. Oh. Really? That's, that's pretty boring. Yeah. And also, the movie has the Democrats being uh, pro-life, like, anti-immigrant thing, and then, like, the Republicans being, like, pro-gay marriage or whatever. Oh, wow. It's just because it, this this dude just says random stuff, they change their entire positions on it. And that, that movie, Man of the Year, Robin Williams makes a joke about how, like, Mexicans are crossing the border with an entire bedroom set. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's a, that doesn't fly anymore. Mm. Yeah, I was looking at the cast for uh, Swing Vote. I knew it was Kevin Costner, because it just had to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you've never seen the movie, you could know that was him. And then uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. That's a good one. But yeah, there's like so many of these like really dumb political movies that are, like, I mean, in my opinion, very like dangerous. <laughs> like People watch this yeah. shit, and they're like, oh, this must be how real life is. With the West Winger and shit. Yeah, the West Wing is one of the most uh, egregious examples of it all. Um, Look, the on, we, can, we can all agree the only good political uh, movie was In the Loop. In the Loop, yes. I agree. Marcus, have you seen that? No. I you should check it out. It's great. It's In British. So, only about 10% of it makes any sense. But that 10% is hilarious. <laughs> but doesn't it deal a lot with American politics? Or doesn't he like come to America and shit a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all, because that's how, like, Iannucci got uh, the job for Veep and everything, was doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, man. What's the name of the guy that played Tony Soprano? James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini's part in that movie is so fucking good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the, like, big, the big dick general or, general or whatever. You know they're making a movie that is a prequel to The Sopranos. Wait, what? And it's the guy who's playing Tony is James Gandolfini's son. Who looks just okay. like him. <laughs> well, well, if it's a prequel, that super makes sense. And it's directed yeah. by Alan Taylor. The guy who did he Thor The Dark World and Terminator Genesis. Oh man, not a great track record, huh? I mean, The Dark World is really good in my opinion. I think people people malign that movie for no reason. But Terminator Genesis, yeah, not so great. Um, but he did a bunch of episodes of like Game of Thrones and The Sopranos back when it was on. And like a couple of other like, HBO shows he's done like a bunch of episodes for, so... But yeah, it's fucking, it's a, a prequel to The Sopranos with James Gandolfini's son. I'm still surprised by all these facts. So Marcus, what, how's it going on Sopranos right now? What's happening? Oh, uh, well, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> I just, well, you can I just hear it hear... in your house at all times. Yeah, exactly. I just hear screams and people dying. That is and... a lot of the show, actually. <laughs> They, they yell like, a lot. On this that sounds show. really interesting. I I really wish I just wanna, I just wanna go into my roommate's room and watch it while he's sleeping. <laughs> because he watches it while he's sleeping, right? Yeah. Why do you have to watch it while he's sleeping? Why, does he not watch know. it when he's awake? Maybe he absorbs it in his sleep. I don't. I don't know. I'm saying, does he ever watch it when he's awake? Because if so, you could just watch it with him then. I mean, no. Usually, are you he's close with your roommates, Marcus? I mean, no. Are you guys best friends? No. <laughs> Okay. So they're just random people. They're not people you knew before. They're just random. I mean, no, they they are people I've known and met since college, and you know, 
they they do their own thing. They stay in the room. They play video and they games. They watch just Sopranos. Like, yeah, and they watch Sopranos. At full volume through thin walls. Hey, yeah, yeah. At <laughs> least it's not The Simpsons. <laughs> why is that? Why is that worse? I don't know. Just I don't know. Maybe I don't like the sound of like Bart choking in the middle of the night. Just, uh. mm, yeah. Instead, you like fucking James Gandolfini trying to eat a bunch of cold cuts. <laughs> yeah, it's that's much better. That's the real sound out right there. Him choking down the gabagool. <laughs> is that a common uh, scene in The Sopranos? I mean, it only happens like two or three times an episode. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, honestly sometimes like he'll just walk into him he'll be like carmella where are the cold cuts and then she's like they're in the fridge tony i can't do any impressions and then, uh, yeah. and then he's like thank you you fucking bitch and she's like fuck you motherfucker <laughs> and then he gets the cold cuts and eats them for like the impression is coming out you can hear it, can't you marcus <laughs> what a loving family i love it um yeah it's great where the fucking cold cuts at yes. it's, uh, you know come on it's all mad all the time it's it's like one of the best shows because of that <laughs> Uh, I've never watched Sopranos. I should probably do that. You've at some never point. watched Sopranos. No. You never watched Sopranos. I never watched a fucking Sopranos. <laughs> you if you watch it, wire. you might get a better impression. <laughs> you gotta hold your hands up in the air, fingers directly upwards, and and say these like words in the Italian accent. That's the only way you can do it. You, get, you gotta make it. Yeah, happen. the accent is the part that I think you're gonna get better once you watch. We're the talking show. about fucking politics on our fucking show. <laughs> Is that oh is that a new angle? We should we should all pretend to be Italian for the whole show. Oh, is that a new angle, Marcus? Are you in? <laughs> Take a run, Marcus. Uh, nope, you guys go right ahead. I'm gonna pass on that. <laughs> wow, come on, Marcus. Listen, you, it's not racist. You can do it. It's fine. Like, it's totally fine. Nope. <laughs> we let the Italians be white in the fifties, and now it's okay. Uh, Who has uh, the Italian vote? You think Bernie has that? Oh, that's a good question, actually. I'm going to say... Um, Klobuchar? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Klobuchar, yeah. <laughs> no, because Italians would not like a strong woman. They they, oh, they want true. their woman, women subservient. They would, de- they would be definitely... They're Biden guys. What are we talking about? They're Biden dudes, for sure. They could be Biden guys, yeah. They would love Biden. Biden's talking about, you know, running by the neighborhood, trying to kill Portuguese children or some shit back in the day. I mean, that's just, that's their stock and trade. Yeah. Corn pop. I've never met one Italian person in my life. Yeah, I've, I've only met like one or two, and uh, everything you think is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what were did we I tell you about the way about my, my coworker when I, when the whole they were trying to like say oh Bernie is anti-Semitic stuff a couple like a, like, a, like a thousand years ago in December? Yeah, did I tell you what my coworker said? No. I was like, hey man, we were talking about politics because we do this sometimes. So I was like, we're trying to smear Bernie Sanders as being anti, uh, as like, as like anti Semitic. And he's like, what's a Semitic? Anti some medics? Which medics? Why is he so against them? <laughs> I was, I was like, he's like anti Jewish. And he was like, Jewish? And I was like, yes. He's like, I thought they all died in the Holocaust. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> To be fair, the region in which we lived in is probably the least Jewish region of anywhere on Earth. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any Jewish people around there for miles. So, but no, that no, is that is amazing that he does not <laughs> still know there's Jewish people. Yeah, it's like so. Be, listen, people down here are insane. Like I remember the other day, not well, this was like a couple of years ago. Uh, like I remember like, like a, a, a family friend talking about like uh, the gypsies over in Millen, and I was like, 
what the fuck are you talking about gypsies in Millen? And I'm like, because here's the thing, I knew that, sorry, they're called the Roma people, but here we are unwoke and they also use the word gypsies. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, oh, they live in trailers and they, they wear lots of colorful scarves and they steal shit. And I'm like, okay, some of that is like directly from Europe. But I had no clue that apparently we, we have like a community here of Roma people. Yeah. And their big scam apparently is is fixing your driveway in a shitty way. So they have to fix it that's again. The, is that what? That's the hmm? Well, the scam is they do a, they, they get paid a lot and do a subpar job, but I'm like that's not really a great scam. Yeah, what do you mean fix your driveway? Like what do they do? They like show up in your driveway and say, "Hey, you got a crack here. We'll fix it for like $100." And then they'll do a very shitty job. And I'm like that's not really a scam though. Yeah, it just means you're gullible. You're talking about <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of all scams, honestly. I guess some are better than that. Yeah, I'm not really sure that people even have the relationship to Roma people, but they, we call they call them gypsies, and it blows my mind. By the way, speaking of scams, I gotta mention this: the okay. Nigerian princes have upped their game. They text you now. I oh, got really? a text from a Nigerian prince. Heck yeah! You should get your money, man. Jeez. And he was like, "Yeah, you have twenty five million dollars sitting in an account. All I need is five thousand dollars." I'm like, "I'm like, God damn! Where, where, where is my routing number at?" I'm like, I'm like yes. <laughs> no, it, it is actually hilarious. They, they've upgraded, and it's also terrifying that they have my number. So yeah, um, because the world is a scary place, and it's uh, just terrible. All, all the information that's out there now. Do you think people in Nigeria get emails from American princes? Um, or like a d- deposed son of a senator or something like that? And they don't know. This, They're like, is this one of those sure, like, senators? Does the toilet flush the other way in Australia questions? <laughs> well, no, it's just like, I'm just thinking, like, what's the scam look like for Nigerian people? Like, is it an American, like, senator's, like, kid who's, like, been chased out of the country by forces? Like, how would they even know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Nigeria is the best target for scamming. Mm. I don't know if that's how it because works. The thing is, they always say Nigerian prince. Does Nigeria even have a ri- royal family? Would any American know that off the top of their head? I have no clue. Probably. Let's look it up. <laughs> Seth's going to Google it. Hey, Alexa. Marcus, what do you think? Do you think well, Nigeria has a royal the family? First, the first thing query is, does Nigeria have a prince? <laughs> 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 Let's see what Cora says. Um, like the Airbender? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so apparently Nigeria has around two thousand kings. Wow. They, but they have no what? they have no formal authority or role in government. But there are some enough with with some with enough soft power to influence local politics. So yes, technically there could be two thousand or more princes in Nigeria. Damn. I mean, with numbers like that, we could be Nigerian princes. Just, just <laughs> well, I don't know if me and Smith could. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. You're, you're, you're with me on this, okay? <laughs> yeah, we get rolled in. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're one of those uh, roll up packages. <laughs> we're all a prince, kind of. So. It's a package deal. So we are scenario. the millennial princes. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Now we're fucking talking. And why is it never a Nigerian princess? Oh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta diversify. Shoot, why can't women scam us too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Indeed. Why aren't there more women scammers, everybody? Yeah, why aren't there more, like, women arsonists? You know? Like, why is it always men that are, like, destroying a bunch of shit? Uh, they're probably busy, yeah. you know. Probably because... For too long, men have done... <laughs> for too long, men have done too much of the psychopathic shit in this yeah. world, and I'm tired of men it. Men have been committing all of the heinous crimes. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for you to share the burden, women. You've got to stop, start murdering and raping and burning <laughs> stuff because we can't do it all anymore. God. If we had Jessica Rain on this podcast, just many weeks ago. <laughs> Listen, I'm for an equal society here, and I am tired of having to do all of the murder myself. <laughs> okay. You should do half the murder, ladies. Yes. 51%, honestly. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I'd like to apologize. <laughs> Next week, I issue a formal apology. Yes. The Millennials has been officially canceled. <laughs> One. I disavow all the things I said last week. We were. I mean, I'm at war with that past version of myself. It, it's being canceled for one. Uh, the the comments of the host Smith about women last week, and then two, their slander of Baruto. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think we'll survive, guys. We've, we've been canceled what three times already. Yeah, Marcus, yeah. what do you do if at the after all the dust settles, Baruto is elected president of the United States of America? Oh, uh, obviously, I have to move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left for me. Here. What if Bernie changes his name to Baruto Sanders? Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, why? He starts doing his hair like the character, which I think has hair. Yeah, most of most of them have hair. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <sighs> here's the thing though, right? <laughs> I'm just I'm still laughing at Baruto Sanders, but uh, no, it's like so. Here's the thing: sports people are insane, as I've learned over the last day. Uh, sports fans will fucking murder you over the internet. They will. People were making where people were saying some things about Kobe Bryant. Yes. Almost said Kobe Sanders, which would be <laughs> a whole different bag of worms. In memoriam, uh, uh, yeah, people were like saying stuff like Kobe Bryant, and people were posting these folks' like addresses, like yeah, no joke, y'all, like finding out where they live and work. Yeah, you don't, you don't fuck with the sports fans, especially Lakers fans. Oh my god, that's a whole different, whole different. Uh, catastrophe right there but yeah it's um it's been a wild couple uh like half a day or so then i guess 24 hours at this point on the internet so yeah it's it's been enough people there's been all kinds of in memoriam some allegations all this it's it's been it's been rough it's been a sad day for me i'm gonna be honest i've been i've been torn up about it i cried so also i talked to i talked to another guy at work today and he's a he's been a lakers fan since like the fucking 80s he's like he's the same age as kobe bryant was and he goes, he's been watching his whole life. And I've never had a conversation with another guy where we are both holding back tears. Oh, like, me and this other guy were both about to cry <laughs> for like 30 minutes. So, yeah, it's been rough. But, yeah, don't mess with uh, that. Yeah. As our sports person, Seth, how how big of a, of a of impact is this? I mean, it's it's actually insane because, I mean, if you would have asked me two days ago, what one human on earth I would expect to live to be 150, I would have said Kobe Bryant. No doubt. 
he's the kind of guy who I think like the Grim Reaper would come to and he'd cross him up and get away. Like <laughs> he just would refuse to die. And um, yeah, it, I mean, you could have told me almost anybody else, any other sports star, anybody died, and I would have believed it before. I was in denial when I first heard it. I just didn't believe it for like a couple hours. I just kind of turned my attention elsewhere, and then I was like, "Oh, this actually happened." And yeah, it's it's crazy. He's uh, he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, and he he won't be there obviously. And yeah, it's just it's it's really weird. It's not n- never like I said, never thought this would have happened. You you could like I said, you could have told me anybody else, and I would have believed it. But yeah, it's it's really really strange. And then of course the fact that his his um his thirteen year old daughter died with him as well, and then. The coach of her team and two other parents and another player on her team. I mean, it's just a terrible scenario for everyone involved. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was shocking. It's still shocking. I don't. I still kind of don't believe it. So, I heard she was very good at basketball. She was. That was. Yeah, she was on. She was on a team like one of those like very popular like like private high school teams that are like you know just as good as like college teams basically. And yeah, she was a she was becoming a a star. And he was, he took her to NBA games, sat down with her, explained her whole game while it was happening. And yeah, he, uh, yeah, she, she was, she was getting good and, and coach is gone too. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a rough scenario for everyone. And you could, you wouldn't, no matter what you think about the guy, you would never wish that on somebody. Almost, almost nobody. Maybe somebody like somebody else, but yeah, it's rough. Yeah. I did see that <clears throat> BBC 10, did you see what happened there? Which which thing is this? I've seen a couple of things from news. Well, BBC was playing was, was talking about Kobe, and they were playing a video, but the video was of LeBron James. <laughs> mm. I did see the reporter who said the N word. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> she said he he was basically made to be on the Los Angeles, and then she was like, "Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Lakers." See, she's like, I was going to say Knicks, and then corrected halfway through to Lakers. And it just came out wrong, and I said knackers, and I'm like, I did not hear yeah, Kane always, ma'am. Yeah, that was not knackers. That was bad, and yeah, yeah, it was. It, it's it's crazy, and uh, yeah, weird. A bunch of the NBA teams basically basically just didn't even play yesterday. They they had games. They just like nobody really seemed to care on the court. So yeah, it's. Would well, you see the Spurs Raptors thing that happened? Yeah, they ran out the the shot clock for the first possession. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's crazy. And there were dudes like crying out there. Yeah, I mean, there's a video of like LeBron James after he found he found out right after he got off an airplane, and he just he's just on the tarmac with his wife just crying. And there's like players who are like standing outside of the stadium just crying. It's like, yeah, this is it's crazy. I want to show my ignorance here for a second, but the video I watched, um, the BBC one that showed LeBron James, <laughs> yes. said that Kobe was his career was cut short by injuries. Is that true? Um. I wouldn't say so. I would say, I mean, he was one of the players who I honestly think powered through a lot of injuries that maybe he shouldn't have. But yeah, he he almost didn't stop, like refused to stop playing. And I think in his his last year, which by the way it was only four and a half years ago, he's a pretty recent retiree. Um, was kind of when he was like, all right, I gotta I gotta stop now because my body can't take it anymore. Um, but yeah, he you know he he fought through a lot of injuries. He was he was very good about that. So and I don't know if I quite agree with that report. Okay, I'm just curious because yeah, no. I knew him as being like just more legendary player. Yeah, no, he played for a long time. I mean, whether it's because of Chappelle's show or not, whenever somebody, whenever you like throw something to a trash can, what do you say? You say Kobe. I say Kobe every time, <laughs> and we're still gonna say it. So yeah, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, 
it's been it's been rough but <sighs> yeah i happened to see the start of i think it was the grammys they t- or alicia keys came out and talked about it yeah for a little bit there it's touching you know yeah it's touching. he won an oscar last year so did something a lot of people never get to do so oh how, what was that for he made a short film called deer basketball which is like him narrating like a little animation about how much he loves basketball and yeah mm-hmm. won a, the oscar for like best short film or best animated short film i can't remember which one um did you hear that he was almost in uncut gems yes what? did you hear what the reason why he wasn't in it was no they came back to the Sathies and said, "We're like the day, like they were like going to sign the deal that day." Yeah. And then Kobe's lawyers came back and said, "Actually, sorry, Mr. Bryant wants to direct, not act." Wow. Mm. Baller move. They had to like they had to scrub the whole pro like the whole project, but scrub that entire iteration. And I was just like, "All right, yeah." yeah. Imagine what would have been. <sighs> yeah, I mean Kevin Garnett, I think did a great job. Yeah, he was but... great. I honestly think I think he's an underrated actor in that movie. People don't talk about it, but I think he's very good at acting. He yeah. really did a good job. I gotta rewatch that movie. Yeah, I have to see it. You should, place. Marcus. It's Marcus. Very stressful, but great. Did not know a film could give me anxiety. Yeah, it really, really. I mean, whole way you're through, you're just clenched. Although someone did point out that another movie does this that I had not thought about in a long time is Training Day. Training Day kind of has that. A Training Day, I guess, kind of gives gives you a bit of a breather during some part, especially like the like the part when you're like meeting like Eva Mendez and all that. Mm-hmm. So it does give you a bit of a, a breather. But yeah, stressful fucking movie. I would not want to be Ethan Hawke in that movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, so would you want to be Ethan Hawke in general? In real life? Yeah. Uh Maybe. He's been in some good movies. He wasn't First Reformed, so yeah, no. Never mind. First Reformed sucks. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I would never want to be Ethan Hawke. That's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Movie sucks. Um, Alright, let's move on to happier stuff. Happier. What you got for us? Oh, I have to come up with something? Uh, yeah, I think so. No, we we can talk about this. Um, You sent me this. You sent us this, and I think it's hilarious. Is there's this anarcho-communist MMA fighter? Yes. Is this a thing? Can you tell me about this? <laughs> yeah, it's a real dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know shit about MMA, but I know this dude. He looks kind of like uh, a, a a scruffed up version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> he does. <laughs> did you watch the video I sent I did you? not watch the video yet. He literally says, you like watching people get fucked for free? Yeah, because cool. that's his whole thing. It's like being fucked up should be for everybody. He, wa- he yes. wants to nationalize getting fucked up. Well, this guy, uh, his his name is Monson. His, his last name is Monson. I'm not sure I know his first name or not. Uh, Maybe Stephen, I think. Uh, but basically, he is an anarchist, and he this is a quote. Now he says, "I'm an anarchist, someone who would like to do with all class hierarchy in society and the institutions that promote this inequality." That's great. I would love for somebody and to say that and then punch me in the face. <laughs> And he's got several anarchists and communist tattoos uh, on his body. He was arrested for graffitiing a building, a, t- a police building in Washington with like anarchist and communist symbols. Yeah, and he's a member of the industrial workers of the world. Yeah. So yeah. And he will fuck people for free. Yes, he is like, if you want to get fucked up, it is zero charge. I'll come to you, you come to me, we'll meet in the middle, whatever we gotta do. 
Um, there's a great image that I, I, people don't know this. It's him, but there's an image of him standing on a sidewalk, and there are five like riot cops in front of him, and all you can see is the back of his bald head and his just gigantic neck, and he's got a tattoo back there that is of like a guy being shot in the head by another stick figure, and it just says fascists on it. Wow. Oh, hardcore. So yeah, he is he's a fucking crazy dude. Uh and I wish that this dude just like I wish I could meet this dude. He's incredible. Yeah, no, we should get him on the podcast. Hell yeah. He can fuck all of us up. I don't care. <laughs> um just fuck us all for free. Yeah. But I think more important news and very important for this podcast, since it's something we advocate a lot, is what's been going on in Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah, so Puerto Rico um Basically, they've had um, they haven't really had um, the hurricane aid they needed from last year. It's um, it's not been distributed properly, and the government is giving them a bunch of excuses and all this. So they decided, let me get this number right: four thousand six hundred and forty-five people died due to a lack of resources that they had in warehouses. So then, mm-hmm. a bunch of people. I'm not sure how many people did this, but a bunch of people in Puerto Rico decided to march to who is it? What what's this guy? Um, I guess he's a, a governor type. It's a she. She's a governor. A she, a she yeah. governor. And they marched mm-hmm. to her house with a guillotine. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. And this is, this is the kind of energy I'm looking for in America. A revolution. Now, Marcus, I know, I know you saw this. How did you feel about it, Marcus? I mean, it's appropriate. Like, the, <laughs> the, gov- the governing system there did not do their job. And people die for it. And they don't deserve to just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, that's too bad, you know. You know, we got all this stuff, but, you know, we're going to save that for, for our uses and such. Nah. Nah. Yeah, More and they, they always say, if you want to make change, take it into your own hands. And they're fucking doing it. They put a guillotine in their hands and march it mm-hmm. up the streets. And that's awesome and very important. And I, I don't know what's gonna, what has come of this, but I hope maybe some positive changes happen, especially since apparently they have the supplies but don't dis- distribute them, which I think is the opposite of how this was pitched originally was that Puerto Rico had no supplies. So it's kind of interesting to see it from the inside perspective of what's actually going on in Puerto Rico. Yeah, and also the blade of the guillotine is shaped like part of the Puerto Rican flag, which is pretty cool. That's cool. That's, that's stylish, you know. If you're gonna behead somebody, do it with style. Yeah, and it's just like people people were mad about this. They were like, "Oh, this is a symbol of violence or whatever." And I'm like, maybe we should start using symbols of violence though. Maybe the people in power should be fucking scared. Yeah, I mean, goddamn, people who love this country so much, do they not remember that we had to have a revolution to start this country, and it wasn't a peaceful one? We didn't just ask for the place. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to go to a subject. Everybody. Oh, go ahead. All right. So I have to bring us to a very, a very sore topic, and that is a man named David Frum, who writes for the uh, the Atlantic in several other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, are either of you familiar with David Frum? Nope. No. Good. You are lucky people. You are you are better than I am. Uh, David Frum was a New York Times writer who was was on the front lines of selling the Iraq War to the American people in his byline in the New York Times. He bought the fucking lie of the WMDs hook, line, and sinker and sold it to the American people 
This man has the blood of at least a million people on his hands, and yet he's still allowed to write. Damn. So just keep that in mind. Well, okay, I guess to preface this, so we all know about Bernie Sanders and Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, right. Joe Rogan endorsed him. Marcus, you familiar with Joe Rogan? I am familiar with uh, Joe Rogan, DNT enthusiast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's one th- one thing you could ascribe to him. So we all know Joe Rogan has a problematic past, right? Yeah, he hasn't always said the best stuff. Mm-hmm. No, he's he said some stuff. And one thing he's definitely said before is that he is, uh, or he's not said this himself, but like he has made some transphobic statements. And I condemn any transphobia that Joe Rogan has said. And I think that, I mean, he's, what, he let, what he said was in 2013 about a female uh, athlete who transitioned uh, to, to fight in the MMA and he was like basically she's still a man right yeah which we now know the science behind that is untrue that hormone replacement therapy makes you lose bone density it changes the makeup of your body so that you don't have an unfair advantage and as proof of this the fighter he got mad about has a pretty shitty record that's been beaten by many other women in the time since she fought she like beat a couple of losers and everyone thought she was incredible and then she just got owned yeah. And so it's a stupid thing to think. And it's been, I, I would hope that Joe Rogan has rethought his his uh, uh, stance since then. But that's not the point. Uh, David Frum has used this Joe Rogan endorsement of Bernie Sanders to attack Bernie. Now, David Frum was never going to be a Bernie fan. But he has said some truly just wild shit in this article. Uh, quoting a lot of stuff from like, like saying, oh, like, so Joe Biden. Okay. I'm going to read y'all this tweet that Joe Biden made. And y'all tell me if you, if you think Joe Biden agrees with what he said here. Let's be clear. Transgender equality is a civil rights issue of our time. There is no room for compromise when it comes to basic human rights. Yeah, I don't think... I don't, I don't even think he wrote that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think he agrees with it at all. I mean, do you think that Joe fucking Biden gives one shit about trans people? No, he's probably a fucking bathroom crusader, and he's, yeah, I don't know, he, I mean, he obviously doesn't care about other people. It's it's never been apparent in his politics, or the way he talks, or the way he presents himself, so why should he, why does he all of a sudden care about trans people? Yeah, so, and, I mean, don't, don't forget, this motherfucker was against gay marriage until the fucking Supreme Court passed it. Yeah. Both him and Obama were against gay marriage. Like, come on, people. Let's not fucking whitewash this shit. Well, well, you got you got fucking Bernie Sanders in the 90s and 80s and fucking 70s talking about how we need to fucking treat gay people the same as everybody else. Radical. Putting putting his career on the line for LGBT people. Yeah. Well, David Frum has this to say. Um, quote, Bernie Sanders is a fragile candidate. He has never fought a race in which he had to face serious personal scrutiny. None of his Democratic rivals is subjecting him to such scrutiny in 2020. Hillary Clinton refrained refrained from scrutinizing Sanders in 2016. It did not happen either in his many races in Vermont. So, this is a lie. (laughs) Plenty of people have tried to dig up shit on Bernie Sanders, like the fact that he went on his honeymoon to the Soviet Union. Yes. They're like, oh my god, communist Bernie. And let's let's be clear here. Bernie Sanders is not a communist. He's not not that cool. He's pretty cool, (laughs) but he's not that cool. He's getting there. Yeah. And then, so y'all saw what Hillary Clinton said about Barney, right? Yeah, this is something I'm pissed about. Oh, I didn't see this. Because... Go off. 
So, in 2016, when Bernie Sanders, by all accounts, would not actually support Hillary Clinton because they don't actually agree on most shit, he still you know, put his neck out and um, endorsed her because he was like, she's a Democratic candidate, I do want the Democrats to win, I want them to beat Trump. And that's what he did. He was like, okay, I endorse Hillary Clinton. And now, all of a sudden, she does an interview where she says, nobody likes Bernie Sanders, and you can't trust him, and all this stupid shit. And I'm just like, what a fucking two-faced piece of shit Hillary Clinton is. I mean, he he stuck his neck. He did not have to. Say, he didn't have to endorse her at all. He could have just. He could have said, "Oh, nobody trusts her, and we we all hate her, and all this stuff." But he was like, "You know, I'll support her because I support my party." And now, all of a sudden, when the tables are turned, she is like, "Oh, we don't like him. Nobody likes him. He's ne- he's not electable at all." And it is like what? So one of the most one of the what do you call it? She's being very petty, I'd say, because it seems like yeah. One thing Hillary never had, except in you know, maybe maybe a very small amount, was the the fervent fan base that Bernie Sanders has. People who like Bernie Sanders really, really like Bernie Sanders. Hillary Clinton, I mean, even at some even at her height, she never inspired that the, the kind of stuff you see from the the Bernie fans. And she's jealous now that, that Bernie Sanders has this this platform and could potentially win president, which she couldn't do. And so now she's just talking about, she's just saying random stuff like that obviously isn't true. And it just makes no sense to me. I should note, by the way, that this article is titled Bernie Can't Win. Wow. But okay. So David Fromm goes on to say stuff about how um, if, you know, if Bernie Sanders becomes the nominee, then the uh, Trump campaign will will campaign on how crazy socialism is and how how dangerous the idea of wealth wealth redistribution is, and fuck you, no one gives a shit. I'm sorry, no one gives a shit. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're gonna run a crazy campaign no matter what. That's what they do. No matter what but candidate I, I wanna, they put up. Oh yeah. And by the way, Crazy Bernie is a great nickname. That's one you'd want to have. Yeah, I like it. Um, but here, here is the, is the fucking chef kiss emoji, uh, perfect possible di- like re- re- like a paragraph. Okay, now taking what I told you, David from the, from supported in the past. Listen to this quote: "The members of the team around Sanders are experts in Democratic Party factional infighting. Few have dealt with people who do not play by the rules of the mainstream Democratic Party." They have always been the rule breakers, the people who got inside the other team's decision cycle. They might have they might have been the Minutemen fighting the Redcoats, picking off the other side's regulars from behind trees and fences. Now they are about to experience what happens when a militia faces off in an open field against a ruthless modern army with cluster bombs and napalm. They will be shredded and torched. Wow. Folks, the Minutemen won the fucking war! Yeah. Yeah. And David Frum sold the Iraq War, a war we have lost to militias with our high-tech military. He doesn't sound like a smart man. I'll say that. <laughs> how can you have how can you have so little self-awareness? He said he writes for the Atlantic. And and Washington Post and places like that. Yeah, New York Times. Does what is he a staff writer or is he a freelance? Um, he's a staff writer of the Atlantic right now. That's disappointing. I like I like some stuff the Atlantic does. That's yeah. that's just straight up disappointing by them. 
But it's just, it's so insane to me that he doesn't understand that he's talking about militias winning against modern militaries when we have seen for the past 20 fucking years plus that the militaries lose the militias. Yeah, isn't there that island where they eat people where they just beat helicopters down with rocks? I mean... <laughs> the Sentinelese Island? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, it's like Bernie... It goes on to say Bernie Sanders and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan represents a... By the way, y'all, do you know how many episodes, how many downloads Joe Rogan gets per podcast? A ton. 10 million. Yeah, it's one of the popular podcasts there is. He gets 190 million a month. Yeah. Just for reference, do you know how many votes Bernie Sanders got in the 2016 primary election? How many? 13 million. Wow, so if every Joe Rogan listener votes. I did think it was funny how um, people were people were like posting screenshots of the Joe Rogan subreddit after all this happened, and apparently they're all scrambling to like register Democrat and vote for Bernie now. So, yes. hey. Heck yeah. Um, Go Joe. These people can be reached. There's a thing, is... The Joe Rogan listener, who is a disaffected, usually going to be white guy, he can be reached. They can be won over. You don't have to yeah. give up on them. You don't have to say them as an enemy. They can be an ally. Also, if Joe Rogan is going to endorse anybody, of course it's Bernie Sanders. What other candidate is likely to legalize marijuana and DMT? Honestly. So you have missed <laughs> the most obvious answer to your question, and it is, of course, Andrew Yang. I, oh, yeah. I do guess he could be Yang Gang. Dude, if Andrew Yang cannot win the support of, of Joe Rogan, he should drop the fuck out immediately. That's his. That should be his entire demographic. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Joe Rogan can see through the bullshit of Andrew Yang. Maybe that's what it is. And here's the, here's the important thing to remember about this whole thing. People are, oh, God, I can't support Bernie anymore because he was endorsed by Joe Rogan. What did Bernie change about his platform to do this. Did he change anything? No. No. He's just being himself. Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan came to him, not the other way around, and that scares the shit out of liberals. They cannot fathom the idea that you could have a policy good enough that people that you don't normally like or associate with would come to you and not you go to them. Yep. So, and I also maintain that if Joe Rogan can be won over by by Bernie's, some of his policies, who's to say that him and his people could not be won over to the rest of his stuff? They, that they could, they could get better. Their opinions could improve. Like, we should take this as a positive sign. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's very smart and it's very, I mean, yeah, I think that Bernie Sanders is a candidate that makes sense to those people. And, I mean, I'm not, I don't, once again, we talked about it on this podcast before how I don't know anything about Joe Rogan, honestly. Um, but I think may- maybe this is a turning point. Maybe maybe Joe Rogan has kind of seen what's going on around us. He's he's obviously talked to a bunch of people, so uh, maybe he's maybe he's kind of seen what's going on, and maybe he knows that Bernie Sanders is the only guy who can fix this shit. And if once Mark, again, if, his, if he can see it, his supporters can see it. Marcus, you got any thoughts? No, man. You hit all the points, man. Are you are you <laughs> a Joe Rogan Joe. guy, Marcus? I I can't say I am. But I'm aware of his existence. <laughs> okay. Hey, we all are. I've only ever watched two episodes of his podcast because I watched him in video form. And it was Bernie Sanders and Cornell West. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> um, 
I'm not really a Joe Rogan guy. Doesn't really appeal to me too much. Listen, he makes, he makes too much podcast. I can't deal with it all. It's like four hours a day of podcasting. Can we can we just say that it's we got to give him a pat on the back for getting Edward Snowden on his video podcast? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. Oh man. So I he. He has something going on, I guess. And, you know, if, like we said, if, if people who support him, which are obviously, like, they're very similar to Bernie fans. They're very fervent, and they very, they like, they really, people who like Joe Rogan like the fuck out of Joe Rogan. And so if you have yeah. those kind of fan bases m- meeting up and finding out they're a common ground, then who knows what we can do. And I just want, I would like to say, by the way, that I don't base this idea that he can change off of nothing. I myself used to be a very much less woke person than I am now, and I got better. I changed, so I have to believe that other people can change too. Yeah, I think that goes for everybody on this podcast. I think we all used to be not very woke, and I mean, honestly, not just kind of apathetic towards the whole thing in the first place. And now we've we've kind of realized that this shit matters, and we gotta we gotta tighten up and get the right people in office. Yeah, yeah to say that again, Seth. Ooh. <laughs> we can got we got tighten up and get the right people in office. <laughs> <sighs> Oh god, we're caught in a time loop. <laughs> yeah. Um, now hold on, real quick. If I can be unwoke for a second, uh oh. If I can, if are I we can, getting if I can canceled make, for a third time? I'm gonna shoot the PC police real quick because. So today I saw a, a crazy exchange uh, on the internet. Someone we were talking. Someone I can't really context the conversation, but someone used the phrase uh, uh, "gammy leg." Now, Seth and Marcus. Do you know what the term gammy leg means? No. No. If you had to guess what gammy leg meant, what would you say it meant? Oh, maybe you're missing a leg? Uh, oh, oh, the handicap. I'm so glad that you two are so fucking smart. Because, yes, because ga- so, what happened was person used the word the phrase gammy leg, which I honestly thought was a, was a, a, a cute way of saying a video game name or some shit. <laughs> or like a, a, some kind of like book that it, I don't know the name of it. I was like, yeah, sure, gammy leg, whatever. And somebody was like, oh, no, sorry, you made a fucky-wucky. You can't use the term gammy leg because a thousand years ago, that meant you had a bad leg and a limp. So please never use that term again. And the other person was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. And listen, all you out there, I know some of you out there on this podcast, you, you're woke Lord people. You can use the term gammy leg. Yes. It's okay. Nobody fucking remembers. And no one gives a shit. All you Filipino orphans can call each other gammy <laughs> leg all you want. <laughs> Please. Run free. <laughs> Bring let's hey bring back gammy leg twenty twenty that's my fucking hashtag. I was gonna say hashtag bring back gammy leg. <laughs> I'm I was so pissed at this because I'm like it makes me feel so infantilized that you need to, you feel the need to def, like to like say oh some phrase used by some a single county in England two hundred years ago matters anymore it doesn't save your fucking shit for something that matters. Yeah. <sighs> so I'm gonna rename myself Gammy Leg. Hey. Going tomorrow to the county courthouse. Gammy changing my name. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that one off my chest. That's fine. That's fine. It is. It's always nice to hear. Um, like, because sometimes people do police each other a lot, and about words that maybe don't even matter to the people who uh, I guess are they're the subject of. I guess maybe would be the the right term. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to, it's good to hear from that because you don't, you know, sometimes you're just like, oh, this is offensive, and somebody's like, eh, eh not really. So, yeah. There's a big there's a big thing right now about words uh, on the left, especially. They're like, oh man, what words can you say and what can't you say? I mean, yeah, that's an important discussion to have. I think uh, definitely. Please, can no one clap? Some of us get very nervous when people clap, so uh, no more <laughs> clapping at this uh, convention, please. But like. The thing is, is that you, you can say that certain people, you shouldn't say certain things. I agree, yeah, sure, fine. Uh, some words are off limits or whatever, and some sentiments are off limits. But the whole point of what we're trying to build here is a society where people who have shitty opinions and say shitty things don't then have institutional power to implement those opinions and to, to control your life. Yes. Right? That's the whole goal here. And if you can convince those people who say shitty things to vote for policies that will break their own power, that's good. You win. Yeah. Winning is fun. Marcus, any thoughts? I mean, shit, you're right, man. Like, fuck. Yes. <laughs> but it, it is, you <laughs> know, it is kind of weird because some people take it, like, way too far. Like, with your example. <laughs> I just don't understand how you have that much time to look that up or research yeah. that and you're like, oh, oh man. I mean, we can all agree yeah, there's man. like five or six words you should just never say. And mm. then after that, you know, you gotta kinda just get over some things. Yeah. It's like somebody was like, I remember this a while back, there was a comic book being made and one of the characters was a witch and the, the artist had made the witch's skin green and somebody was like, oh no, you can't do that because back in the Middle Ages, uh, a green-skinned witch was a symbol for a Jew. And it was just like, that was 400 years ago! Yeah, somebody in the Middle Ages wouldn't even understand what a comic book is. <laughs> so, I mean, what are we worried about here? Witches have had green skin in fiction for so long... I'm not saying that makes oh, it right, is, but it's pretty silly to get upset about. Like, is the Wizard of Oz, can it, is that anti-Semitic now? Is that what we're Ooh, saying? Well, we can't the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Skin? It's probably canceled for many reasons, but not that one. Come on. Yeah. Witches has got green skin. I, I don't think of witches being connected to any real world people aside from, I guess, real world witches. Yes, which are definitely real. Who I don't oh. think actually have power, but you know what? In case you do... Uh, I take back. In what case I said. you do, you know, subscribe to the Linux podcast and uh, <laughs> yes. use some of your power Please. to spread the spread the joy. Cast a spell to make our podcast uh, bigger and more powerful and healthier. Or use your power for something important. You know, that's true. You know, yeah. better. Use it to use it to curse Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Do that. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> um, All right. Well, do y'all do y'all have any more topics to talk about? I think we're good. Yeah. Good. Marcus, you good? No updates from uh about hentai or anything? <laughs> no, not today. There's no 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 no, no new trends. <laughs> no, no. Okay, we'll do I this next time. If... We'll talk about them next time. Okay. I wonder if new trends do develop in like porn. They do, obviously. Yeah. But like, have we not figured it out all all out yet? Like. <sighs> We figured it all out, but it's just like the, it's like the same thing with movies. Like you know, a movie gets big, and then then on all the movie studios want to do the same. They want to do like the same idea. Um, like what I think is going to happen with the Joker is everyone's going to start making these dark superhero slash villain movies. I think that's going to be a thing. And it's like so in in porn, I'm sure they have the same kinds of trends. Mm. 
Because I'm just I'm just sure it's, it's almost iteration at this point, right? We've probably discovered all the fetishes. Yeah, we talk about porn a lot on this podcast. We do. <laughs> Porn's important. We need. It we, is. Hey, you know what? Really? We need to talk about really? actual like porn issues, like labor laws and shit. We should. It's actually very important. I've seen a lot, a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of articles about it. So. I need to get us like a porn store, porn star person, a porn, a porn like store a, person, a porn store star, somebody, somebody, some greasy guy about, who's like, like, yeah, I work in a well, porn store. <laughs> nope. You go away, sir. He's like, There's God, did you hear about Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> this is a 16 hours of Joe Rogan a day. <laughs> His brain is nothing yeah. but just like splinters. I listen to the point. back catalog. I'm so tuned in. <laughs> this is to the, the secret Patreon episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, we got to end this thing, yeah. y'all. Let's do it. So uh, this has been the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter at Seth and on Letterboxd at K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. And I'm Marcus. I do the art for this podcast, and you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Peaches. Doing it first this time, I see. Oh yeah, I gotta um, get in there. Our theme song is by Ben Powell. He's been on episodes of the show before, including our movie reviews. He has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling and the both in the South. They're gonna be reviewing the Royal Rumble this week, so go check him out if that sounds interesting to you. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And uh go Bernie. We've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, Fast Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. <laughs>